Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Are you looking for ways to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative? Gretchen Rubin is the number one bestselling author of The Happiness Project, and every week she shares insights and practical solutions in the Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast. Gretchen's co-host and happiness guinea pig is her sister Elizabeth Kraft, a Hollywood showrunner. Join Gretchen and Elizabeth as they reveal fresh insights from cutting-edge science, ancient wisdom, pop culture, and their own experiences about cultivating happiness and good habits. Every week, they offer a manageable try-this-at-home tip you can use to boost your happiness without spending a lot of time, energy, or money. Suggestions such as follow the one-minute rule, choose a one-word theme for the year, or design your summer. They also feature segments like Know Yourself Better, where they discuss questions like, are you an overbuyer or underbuyer, a morning person or night person? Abundance lover or simplicity lover. And every episode includes a happiness hack, a quick, easy shortcut to more happiness. Listen and follow Happier with Gretchen Rubin, an Odyssey podcast. Available now, free on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Icons, did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall, who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I just, I wanted to know because everyone's talking about it and I wanted to know from you. So if you're my friend, rather than asking me something like that, what would you want you me would to do? You would believe what I have then, said. Okay. And you would stand up for me and say, this is disgusting. Did, did we you... are repugnant human beings for discussing somebody's father's death this way. Then did you want me to hire a private investigator to find out? <sighs> My father died. What doesn't f***ing add up about that? Wow, Zion, wow. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. I am feeling so great because Real Houses of Salt Lake City again it tops itself from last week. When we were headed off to Zion, I had no idea that we were in store 
for one of the greatest cast trips in the history of this franchise. I have the fucking chills. I have the no. chills. No. I'm so excited to break this down. Meredith was certainly engaged when Whitney said that thing about the private eye. Maybe I should hire a private eye. Did, did you want me to hire a private investigator to find out? <sighs> My job was on the floor. My jaw was right on the floor. I couldn't believe it. I had to lift it on up from the floor because that's where it was. It was uh, every week. I can't even believe when we added into the season. I thought all we had was the Jen Shaw stuff. I thought that was enough. I was excited about that. Now we're not even talking about the Jen Shaw rest of it all. We're just dealing with a, now they're doubting Meredith's father's memorial. And we got the Mary stuff. We got to see Mary at the church and Ah, uh, and Lisa's going nuts. You know, Lisa last week had the hot mic moment where she called uh, Meredith her best friend of 10 years a garbage whore. You're a garbage whore, garbage whore. And now we got Meredith running around the house like, don't talk about my family. You know, she's, I mean, it's like pure chaos in the best way. And I'm just, I, I'm feeling so incredible about it. I'm, I, every week I get on this microphone, I say, oh, I'm so grateful for this show. And now next week's the finale and I'm devastated about it because... I don't want to let them go. I don't ever want to let them go. We better hop right into the new season. I know they're filming. And there's some question marks about whether Mary's uh, filming. We don't know if Sister Mary's. Because uh, all the news outlets are saying Mary is not uh, filming with Bravo anymore. But then Mary tweeted something like, it's news to me. And I was like, how is it news to her? Wouldn't she know if she's being followed by camera? (laughs) Like, wouldn't Mary know that? I would imagine I would know if I was on a Bravo show. But who knows these days? You know, there's hidden cameras and everything. Maybe she's she's just not sure. Uh, but I am excited for the next season, and I don't want to let this one go. Before we break down any more of the Real House of Salt Lake City, the rest of that Zion tra- and that weird that weird promo for the for the, was the M-Sculpt. I don't know what was happening there. We're going to talk about that for at least 75 minutes. But before we do, I got to mention, I got some big news here at Everything Iconic. Guess what? We're going on tour. Let's go, girls. Let's go, girls. I'm going to be traveling in March. I'm going to be doing five cities plus Austin at South by Southwest Festival. But I'm going to be in uh, New York City, Boston, Chicago, Cleveland, and uh, Los Angeles, as well as the South by Southwest Festival. Please come see me. Actually, the Chicago date's Naperville. And here's the thing. I was trying to get to every city I could. I wish I could come all around the U.S. and beyond. But unfortunately, in these COVID times, it's hard to plan uh, live stuff because... There's so many live events being postponed and all that stuff. So it's much more challenging. And I wanted to partner with independent bookstores for this. Um, so please come out and see me. You get to support independent bookstores around the country. And we're going to have a gay old time. I promise it'll be fun. I am super excited to see all of you and go to my hometown, Cleveland. I can't wait. Uh, and I'm, hopefully I'll have a couple surprises and we'll have a good time. And there is one little thing that I had, you know, I was supposed to be on tour before COVID. I had done a couple dates and then I was supposed to do more. And there was something that I never got to do on uh, the live tour before pre-COVID times that I've just been so excited to show you all. I'm so excited to show you all. So if you come to the dates, uh, you'll get to see that. And uh, if you're at the South by Southwest Festival, uh, come see me as well, because that'll be a fun time too. I've never done South by Southwest, so I can't wait for that. But Boston, Chicago, Cleveland, LA, New York, you got to come. There's limited tickets available. So I I apologize if they are sold out, but you got to get them quick. You got to catch them all like Pokemon. Get those tickets. Get those tickets. Why don't I just make a Pokemon reference? Unclear. Anyway, please come. 
It'll be fun. The book is out March 8th, and I, I'm dying for you all to read it. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. And I think I made it for Everything Iconic listeners, so I just am I'm dying for you all to read it. If you want to order it, you could pre-order it from your local bookstore. You can ask your library to get it. You know, we love the librarians. We love libraries. Uh, so you can get it that way if you don't want to spend the money, or you can get it from any of the major retailers. I think we're also going to be at the Hudson Bookstores in the airport. So, you know, pick it up wherever you can. But we love to support the local bookstores, you know, especially in these COVID times. If we can support the small businesses, it's a great thing. And you know, I love books, right? I worked as a books. I was at. I worked at a bookstore. I worked at a Borders Books author in high school and college, and it was one of my best jobs ever because you know it was always my fantasy to work at one because You've Got Mail is my favorite movie, and we know it's all about bookstores. And so uh, I always uh, fancied myself a Kathleen Kelly, but I did work at a Borders Books, which is more of a Joe Fox establishment, but that's neither here nor there. The point is, we love a bookstore. We love a bookstore. So go pre-order it. Uh, and I'm, it's so special. Oh, I can't wait for you guys to see it. And I know I'm going to be annoying in the next coming, I don't know, four or five weeks uh, up to the release. And it is what it is, but I'll try to make it fun annoying. You know, I'll do my best. I'll do my best. But... Uh, I know some of you are going to be disgusted every time I talk about it. This is disgusting. We are repugnant human beings for disgusting. (laughs) Oh, Meredith, when she gets like that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Do you guys feel as good as I do watching this? Like, I really think this is one of the best seasons ever. I just, I had heard this week was crazy, but I doubted everybody. I had heard from some inside sources that this week gets even crazier, but... Even as I had heard that, I was like, there's no way. No fucking way. I know you guys all lie to us. You know, the Bravo people, sometimes they lie to us. They say, oh, this is a great week. And then we tune in and we're like, what the fuck was that? You know, or even that happens with full seasons sometimes. You know, I hear uh, Orange County this season. Remember, we kept hearing in press. I felt like everybody was saying, oh, it's a return to form. And I don't think it's really a return to form. I mean, it's better than last season. I'll give it that. But sometimes they lie to us. And so now we got it, and I felt like they undersold it, if anything. I felt like I wasn't expecting any of this in the Zion trip, and then here we go. And I'm having the best time ever. So last week, we ended the show with Lisa behind that door calling her friend of 10 years a garbage whore. And so we open again, and we get some sort of new footage. We see Lisa in the room. And I had the fucking chills when I saw Lisa in the bra just running around that hotel room in Zion shouting. I don't even know what she was saying. She was just shouting in the bra. And she just had that, was it a, I don't know if it was a sports brassiere or what kind of, she took off the blouse and was running around with the titties out yelling about her best friend of 10 years being a garbage whore. And I just thought, we've totally lost the idea that there's cameras now. That I felt like this was the Lisa that was totally now relaxed on camera. She lost the blouse and just was letting loose on her friend of 10 years. She didn't even think about the cameras. She threw the mic pack last week at some producer. And now I felt like this was Lisa in her purest form, not worried about cameras, not worried about uh, looking some way, being some way, whatever. She didn't care that the titties were out. She was just running around, bubbies in the sports bra, and yelling about the friend being a garbage whore. Piece of shit, garbage whore, she kept saying. Piece of shit, garbage whore. And everyone's trying to check on her. Mary went to check on Meredith, meanwhile. And they're supposedly friends, but every time they cut to Mary and Meredith, it was like those two feel like they've just met. I felt, like, I felt like they just met at a bar. It almost looked like, do you ever go to like a hotel bar and you you start talking to someone, but it's like you half talk to them, like you meet them and then you kind of are talking and then, and then you stop talking, you run out of things to talk about and you're just sort of sitting there. I felt like Meredith and Mary were at some hotel bar just meeting each other for the first time. And Mary, Mary's like, are you okay, Meredith? And she's like, no, not really. Like they're talking about my dad's memorial being fake. 
And Mary didn't hug her, didn't like put an arm around her, nothing, just sort of sat there. And I kind of was screaming through the TV, Mary, get up and hug her, put an arm around her. You know, nothing. Come on. I saw her hugging everybody in church, was going up to her and just hugging her and touching her and stuff. I'm like, Mary, go hug Meredith. She needs it. And by the way, I know uh, this might be controversial too. I feel like more people are against Meredith in this, but if I was Meredith, if I was grieving a family member, I know I've said this before, but, and people were doubting a memorial, which by the way, if I'm memorializing a parent, I'll memorialize it for seven fucking days if I want. Ten, I'll sit Shiva for a month. Okay, because I will memorialize as long as I want at damn well, please. And they're all questioning whether or not it was on a Monday or a Tuesday. And quite frankly, a memorial like that, maybe one day with services and maybe on a Tuesday, you're locked up in the room, not talking to anyone, answering your phone. That's uh, considered a father's memorial to me. Okay, if I was sitting in the shower crying underneath the waterfall uh, for two days straight, I would consider that a memorial for my father if they passed away. And so now they're all questioning, well, you memorialized him on Monday. What are you doing on Tuesday? I'd be like, fuck you. I'll memorialize him for a hundred fucking days if I want. I mean, I kind of want Meredith to shout that. Like, and I'm glad that Meredith is. And I, the thing that I'm kind of questioning, though, is the way that they're focusing on this makes me think that maybe there is some truth to it. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like maybe there is something to it because I just feel like we're focusing so much on it. And I don't really get what Whitney doesn't understand. There was that moment later on, which I guess we'll get to. Maybe we'll skip ahead to it now. But Whitney had said she hired the private eye, and she's questioning the dad. And then Meredith is like, look, this is like if I were to question your relationship with your dad, which is fraught, that is how you would feel. And Whitney took that as a dig. And I didn't really think that – I thought it was Meredith trying to explain, like, look, shut the fuck up. Sometimes I feel like I just need them to say a big shut the fuck up. A big STFU, because otherwise they don't stop. They are dogs with bones on the housewives sometimes. When it's a storyline, they think they can attach themselves to. And uh, so, I don't know. I don't know. We also have, okay, so let's get back to Lisa in the bra, which I wrote in my notes, this is amazing, in big capital letters. Uh, meanwhile, Jen and Weather are together. Lisa says, uh, she's shouting, you all just sat there. You do not know how to have my back. And Jenny says, oh, I had your back. And then they show a flashback, those Bravo editors, they show a flashback of that dinner table when no one really had Lisa's back and Mary was going after about the Taco Bell. And all that Jenny said was, what's wrong with eating Taco Bell? And that's Jenny's definition of having her back. <laughs> it was just so stupid. Because she's like, I had your back. And then the, the only footage they had was her being like, what's wrong with Taco Bell? And she's not wrong. Look, what is wrong with Taco Bell? Nothing. You know, we love it here at Everything Iconic. Then Lisa's uh, yelling at Jen. She's packing up the suitcase, just yelling, fuck you, Meredith, in the bathroom. She's crying. There was one point she was holding the hairdryer. And I was trying to figure out, is that her own personal hairdryer that she's holding and she's packing it? Or was she doing her hair? Unclear. There, a lot was happening in that bathroom. There was uh, up against the blinds and the blinds. I was worried about them falling off those vertical or, or horizontal blinds. I was worried about them just falling off the window because Lisa was up against it with the hairdryer. And Heather had pointed out in the confessional, it was very much giving us shades of like no wire hangers because Lisa was losing it with the hairdryer. Just yelling, fuck you, Meredith. Oh, and Lisa said, guess what? I'm richer than all of you. I don't need to be here. And let's break down that line. So what Lisa really meant there, I hope that I heard it correctly. I heard her say, guess what? I'm richer than all of you. I don't need to be here. What I think she meant by that was, I don't need the Bravo paycheck. Now, 
she obviously does because all of these women obviously do. Otherwise, they wouldn't be on this show because the show doesn't do many favors. I mean, yes, it helps them get ahead in other businesses outside of the show. But ultimately, it's really embarrassing for anyone on any of these shows, is it not? I mean, no one gets out unscathed. They always have a good season, then a bad season. Good season, bad season. So you have to maybe weigh the good with the bad. You think, okay, I might look like shit on TV, but at least it'll help me promote my businesses, get a bunch of monies. And so uh, I don't think if Lisa had all that much monies, although we also say they need the fame. They, you know, that's the one thing that the show, these rich women might not have is the fame. And so maybe that's why they go on the housewives. But I couldn't believe she said that. And I'm also surprised that no one called her out on it because it seemed like it just sort of skated by. I'm richer than all of you. I don't need to be here. And it's like, well, then why did you show up for the union? Why are you signed on for the next season? If that's the case, I hope they address that at the reunion. Because I felt like we all just skated past it too quickly. And also, I know they were blacked out. None of them seemed to be a bit of sober. Not sober at all. Actually, I thought they were more sober than when I saw the next day and Whitney's like, I don't remember any of that. I was like, oh, okay. They were wasted. They were wasted. So Whitney also is like trying to pull Lisa to have a moment with her. Lisa's shouting, it's the pot making up lies about the kettle regarding Mary. And so then we cut to Mary talking to herself. And she said that Heather looks inbred. Did I hear that? You know, this was, again, happening so fast. I'm like, am I hearing these words? right? Because truly, when you take a step back and you hear some of these things these women are saying, they're batshit insane. Truly fucking crazy. And every line is crazier than last. Every scene is crazier than the last. So you're like, did I hear that proper? Or is that what she just said? That one of her castmates is inbred? I have the no. chills. No. I had the fucking chills. I was like, is that what she's saying? She said she's inbred, and it was not even to anyone. It was just to camera or to herself. I don't even think she knew the camera was there. She's just like, oh, Heather's inbred. <laughs> or she said, I don't think Heather knows she looks inbred. And I was like, what the fuck? That's fucked up. I mean, that's one of the craziest, darkest, most horrific things I think I've heard on this show. And I've heard a lot. I once saw a woman throw a leg at uh, Le Cirque. Is that where uh, Aviva Drescher threw her leg? Unclear. Uh, anyway, the inbred comment was another thing that was just skated by. And I would say I'd love it if we can dive into that more at the reunion, but we know Mary didn't show up for the reunion. And also, we don't even know if Mary's filming next season. She might be filming something, but it's not this show, according to Bravo. But there are cameras following her, allegedly. That's what Mary... <laughs> what if Mary just... That's why she doesn't know if she's filming. Like, what if there are just cameras following her and she's assuming it's Bravo? And it's really not. It's just like some, I don't know, college documentarian or something. Which I hope any students out there, if you're in film school, head on over to Salt Lake City and get a camera on these women in the off season. You know, that would be a, that would be a smart idea, actually. I'm not sure how it would work, but there should be some sort of thing where you can hide with the other Bravo cameras. And I bet you could trick a lot of these women. If you're a student, a film student out there, just go start filming while they're filming or show up at a housewife's house and they'll think it's Bravo right? I bet you can bamboozle a housewife for two. Show up at Taylor Armstrong's house and just be like, oh, I'm with uh, Bravo. I'm filming you. And then they'll just mic it up. Those women want to be on TV. They'll say, put on a mic. I'm ready to go. And that might be a way we get some other uh, housewives going, or that might be a way we get some other documentaries going on these women. I think just show up with a camera. Maybe I'm going to do it. Uh, can I do it? Maybe just show up and say, hey, I'm here with Bravo, ready to film you. And they'll just be ready to go. And then we got a whole documentary out of it. So maybe that's what's happening with Mary over in Utah. Anyway, Lisa's crying. She said, it's hurtful because I said what nobody would say. And I was like, I don't really think that Lisa said anything. What I found most weird about Lisa's reaction to all of this is at dinner, I didn't really catch what Lisa was so mad about. 
I think it was the Taco Bell thing. And then I think she blamed it on Meredith saying that she was offensive or something. But I felt like Lisa was really mad about the Taco Bell thing because you insulted her her Taco Bell. She's trying to live mass. And here's uh, her cast member saying, you shouldn't eat Taco Bell. You need more nutrients. And Lisa's like, I'm trying to live mass. And so now she can't live mass. Uh, when her cast members are insulted in her Taco Bell use. But then she couldn't say that she wanted to live Moss and she's upset about that. So she had to tell the camera that she's upset about Meredith saying that she was offended about something. Do you get what I mean? Is this making sense? I think that's what's happening. Uh, Lisa says, I would expect this from anyone, but not Meredith. Wow. Wow. She says, I would expect this from anyone, but not Meredith. Wow. She gives us a wow. And meanwhile, Jen in the scene is egging on Lisa, saying Meredith's a shitty friend, because Jen is liking that all the attention's off her, right? Jen Shaw is so happy in this moment, because she's just telling everyone that Meredith's a shitty person. And so she's getting all the heat off her, and so now Lisa's mad at Meredith, and the Mary, and that all is happening. And so Jen's just uh, walking away, with uh, so Shaw unscathed. Anyway, meanwhile, Meredith's still wearing that quote sweatshirt, which you've pointed out to me because I didn't know what it said, but apparently they're like Meredith quotes. They're Meredith quotes. She's got the quotes on her sweatshirt. And uh, that, to me, is pretty egregious. You know, this whole Zion trip is happening with a sweatshirt that one of the women is wearing quotes from the show on. This is disgusting. We are repugnant human beings for discussing. That was disgusting to me. But I also loved it because there's something so fucked up about that. And I'm glad that at least it's her quote sweatshirts and it's not a business. You know, I'd be offended because I hate on Beverly Hills or someone when they're arguing and you're just seeing an agency hat. It's like, stop. I don't like the, I don't like that, all that self promo. But I, I almost think like the quote sweatshirt is a step further than that. And it's, it's almost, uh, I don't know. There's something, something, another layer to that that I enjoy if I'm making any sense. So she is wearing it that whole time. And I wonder if she, is she selling the sweatshirt? Cause I'm sure people are going to want to buy it. Uh, anyway, Heather says that Jen has a lot of dirt on Meredith, but she doesn't say the dirt on Meredith because of Lisa. She wants to protect the friendship between them, which is crazy. I'm like, what is this dirt that they have? Now, there's all this stuff about like a man that they all slept with, and it seems like in the preview for next week, we're going to get more info on that. But I uh, I need to know about this man and what this dirt is that Jen has on Meredith because it's going to be fascinating. Lisa cries some more. Jen says that Meredith only cares about herself. Oh, Lisa was holding toilet paper. And I was like, is she going to take a deuce? Like, why is Lisa running around with the toilet paper too? I either thought she's either taking a dump in the middle of this fight or she is packing the toilet paper from the Zion house. There's one or the other. I don't believe anything else. That's what I'm choosing to uh, say is happening here because Lisa, I saw her walking around with that toilet paper. And all these women are fighting. And there was also a moment too where Heather was in the bathroom. They're like, where's Heather? And she's in the bathroom. And it was a while. I was like, is she taking a dump too? Like these women. I know that this was going so quickly. So um, I'd imagine this was hours and hours of time and the women have to go defecate at a certain point. Excuse my language. But it's true. If you've watched the scenes back, they were saying Heather's gone for a while in the bathroom. And then we see Lisa running around with the toilet paper. And I'm like, these women are trying to get that bathroom break in when they can. Because everyone's shouting. You got Lisa in the brassiere running around with their top and the bubbies out. And uh, so women got to go, got to go, got to go, got to go right now. You got that's If there's anything I've learned from commercial television is that you got to go, got to go, got to go right now. <laughs> well, that was a commercial, right? I'm not making that up. Was that a jingle I made up in my head or is that? No, that was a commercial. I didn't make that up. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go right now. Okay, what else? 
Then Jen says, I didn't crimp my hair on Cinco de Mayo for nothing. And this is not for nothing. This is a lot going on. Then we cut to Whitney talking to Meredith and Mary. And this is where that scene about the father happens. And Meredith tries to explain the father thing. Whitney takes it as more of an insult. She says it's not her business. And you could see Meredith's blood pressure was so high. I wish somebody would have come in with one of those blood pressure monitors. Because I want to know the numbers. I need to see the numbers on that blood pressure. And I'm not sure how we could do this, but I feel like it's important. I need to know all their BPMs because Meredith's BPM was probably high as hell. The beats per minute of that heart rate. I need to know what the blood pressure. And honestly, there should be a medic because I saw the look in Meredith's eyes. The blood pressure was high. High to the high heavens. That blood pressure was rising. The BPM was up. And I need to know what it was. And that's when they need a medic most. On The Real Houses of Orange County, they had a medic when those women went in the sweat hut. And now I'm like, uh, we need to get a medic when it's just Whitney talking to Meredith. Because Meredith, that blood pressure rises whenever she sees that blonde. Whenever she sees, uh, is Whitney still blonde? I think I saw on social media she's got a dark hair. Or she dyed it dark or something. Anyway, Meredith's blood pressure rises. And she couldn't even reason with Whitney because Whitney just wants to know about the thing. And then Whitney drops that bomb about the P.I. Then did you want me to hire a private investigator to find out? <laughs> That's stupid. This this whole season's crazy. Ah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. And oh, Mary's just in the corner. There was one point where Mary just was sighing to herself. She's like, ugh, women. She just... Ah, <laughs> uh, you guys, we got to take a quick break here. We got to come back. We have so much more to talk about. We haven't even left this room. I mean, we're still in Zion. We haven't gotten to any of the other stuff that was happening this week. I mean, so much is going on, but we got to take a quick break here. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino. Go to acast.com slash everything iconic for all episodes of everything iconic and go to everything iconic.com or check the link in the bio for those live show tickets uh, or check my Instagram bio for the live show tickets. I'll try to put that link everywhere. Uh, anyway, we will be right back. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, my listeners can use code EVERYTHINGICONIC, all together one word, at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. This episode is sponsored by Los Angeles Tourism. 
Now, y'all know I'm from the Midwest, but I've lived in California for so long, and I truly do love it here in LA. There's so much to do. My parents were just in town and said the same thing, because we always have something to do when they visit. There's so much good food and drink here. There's lots of pop-ups, rooftop bars, year-round alfresco dining. I love being able to eat outside here all the time, but they really have so many different food options uh, that you can get all the time. Tons of great shopping and fashion. Uh, they just opened up a new shopping center right across the street from where we live. And it's just fantastic to be able to walk there. I love that. I love having the sun. I love the attractions, the studios, the lifestyle. You get all the Hollywood pop culture stuff that I certainly love so much. Uh, and also, you just get the wonderful weather. It's really a fantastic place. So I want to encourage you all to head to discoverla.com. Again, need more ideas for your next visit? Just head to discoverla.com. Ever since I saw Clueless, I wanted to have the most amazing wardrobe, and that includes all of the clothes inside the wardrobe closet, and that's why I'm excited to talk to you about Quince. Now, Quince has you covered with truly timeless pieces that never go out of style. You'll have them in your closet forever. Quince has all sorts of must-haves. I'm talking uh, Mongolian cashmere crewneck sweaters from $50. I have a blue cashmere crewneck sweater I got from them that I get so many compliments on all the time. I love it. Plus, iconic 100% leather jackets and versatile flown at Activore. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings all over to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. Love that. Makes you feel good about shopping with Quince. Uh, again, I've gotten a lot of stuff there. Just uh, good quality pieces and a lot of different options if you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe. So indulge in the affordable luxury. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365-day returns, quince.com slash iconic. Okay, so then we're back in Lisa's room where she's running around with the sports brassiere. And this is when Heather was taking a dump in the bathroom. I have the no, chill. No. And Whitney's trying to explain what just happened with Meredith in the kitchen and how she did that thing about the private eye. And Whitney in this moment is bragging about the PI line. And I don't like that because I worry that Whitney is doing these things for a moment. She's doing these things for like an iconic quote. And I always think it doesn't work when you're trying to do it on purpose. And I don't think in the moment Whitney said that on purpose. I think it just came out. But it bugged me a little bit that then Whitney was bragging about saying the P.I. line. I don't like that. I know something about that. It was like that was a step too far for me. I loved the private eye line in the moment. But then I didn't like her bragging and saying, I said that. I can't believe I said that. Because it didn't seem like she was regretting saying that. Or it didn't seem like she was proud of saying it. It seemed like she was excited about saying it because she thought it was going to be a moment. Does that make sense? Anyway, Meredith storms into there. Heather talks about, oh, this was another weird bathroom moment. And I'm sorry to keep pointing these out. Again, my apologies if you're not interested in hearing about this kind of thing. And maybe you need to tune into another podcast. But Heather then said something. I heard a line. I think it was Heather. Said something about Whitney's urine smelling. Did anyone hear that? What was that about? What was that about? I heard that line. Go back and watch. She said, oh, your urine smelling. Oh, she, I think she said you needed to hydrate more because your urine's smelling. <laughs> 
I mean, that was maybe a step too far. I, I think maybe they could have cut that out, unclear, but I feel like maybe that was something the audience didn't really need to know, Whitney's urine smelling. We could have just had a, one of the lines that said she was drunk, or I think we all could have just gathered the fact that she was drunk. I didn't think we needed that line about the urine smelling. It just felt like a step too far, but what do I know? You know, here I am talking about it, so obviously they're giving us something to talk about. The gals got us talking. It might be about Whitney's urine smelling, but at least we're talking, I suppose. Uh, more than I could say about the Real Houses of Orange County, am I right? Ladies, am I right? Anyway, uh, so her her urine smells. And then Meredith said, who's speculating about my father's death? You know, she yells. And then Lisa storms in, all of you stop right now. Shh, they're all shouting. You're a fucking liar, Lisa says. And then Meredith's like, did you speculate about my father on the bus or not? And I wrote in my notes, where's Heather? Is she still dumping? Then finally Heather comes back and they all convene. And uh, Whitney says, this isn't about your father passing away. And Meredith says, oh, it's all about my father passing away. I have the no, chill. No. I feel bad for Meredith, actually, that this whole thing is now about her father passing away. And it is. And they're not dropping it. And again, I would just be so fucking pissed if this was a thing on a show. Oh my God, I'd be mad. Meredith refuses to give the day of the memorial though. And that's why they think it's a lie. And that's why I'm, I never believed it once. I never questioned Meredith's memorial thing. I don't think until now that I'm seeing it's like such a big thing. And maybe I did question it. I don't know. You guys are going to rewind the tapes and hear me like three weeks ago on this podcast saying, I doubt her memorial. (laughs) You guys are going to pull up the receipts. Maybe I did doubt it. But right now I'm doubting it because I feel like they keep playing into it. And I'm like, oh, is this true? Because otherwise, wouldn't we drop it? And then Whitney says, where the fuck is Mary Cosby for Meredith? And she's running to get Mary Cosby. And they're all peacocking a little bit for the TV, except for Mary. When uh, Whitney goes up to Mary, Mary's like, bye, I'm not doing this. And then Whitney's like, I'm saying hi, not bye. Hi, I'm Whitney. Mary's like, bye. Hi, I'm Whitney. And then Mary says, I'm done with you and your cousin. (laughs) She's like, you're all too drunk. Mary's not interested in engaging with these drunk messes. Uh, And I don't like that for the TV, but somehow with Mary, it does it does work a little bit when she doesn't engage in a way that I would be more upset with other housewives. I feel like Mary... The way she sort of shoes people off makes me laugh. And it's not nice. It's not. It's certainly not nice. Then we cut to the next day. They're packing. Whitney's hungover. Jen is again redirecting everyone to this Meredith situation. Lisa says that Meredith knows that Lisa loves her family, uh, meaning Meredith's family. But I have to say that Lisa obviously doesn't love Meredith's family, right? If there's one thing that I'm sure of... It's that Lisa thinks that Meredith's family is a group of posers who can't afford to buy a house. Because that's what she said on the hot mic moment. So now that Lisa the next day is trying to pretend, oh, I love Meredith's fam, I love Meredith's family. It's like, you don't, we just, they're a bunch of posers. They can't even buy a house. Fucking garbage whore. You know, so we know that that's what Lisa had said behind the door with the mic pack. And there's a lot of questions about the logistics of that mic pack. And I have questions too. What did she know? Was it a boom mic? Did she take the mic off and think she wasn't being recorded? Who's who's to say? We need to get some answers on that. I think there are answers. I saw someone online post something about it, but I didn't, I didn't read too much into it. I need to go back. I'll figure it out. Anyway, uh, yeah, so she's saying, oh, the family, I love the family, but obviously you don't. Then we cut to Mary, Meredith, Jenny, eating and not talking in the morning, their breakfast. And Mary just straight up refuses to go on the Sprinter van to go home. She's like, I'm not getting on that fucking van. I'm not getting on it, she says. I am not interested in being with these women one more minute. 
Not even one more minute. But they're all just sitting there so awkwardly eating their meals. And again, no one's really even comforting Meredith. And Jenny just is just... Ugh. Jenny, I thought they sort of were editing her out these last few episodes because they publicly fired her. But then next week in the premiere, uh, in the preview for next week, it shows Jenny yelling at Mary. So they're obviously not cutting that up. But it seemed like Jenny wasn't even on this trip this episode. I mean, I don't even know what... She wasn't even on this... Uh, then what else? Cut to three days later. They gave the women three days break. Isn't that hysterical? You know, they did that because they were like, you guys gave us enough because they wouldn't do that. If this trip was boring, we would see them the next day getting home. But instead it said cut to three days later and they needed a break. Those women were done. They were done. So, and so we see, uh, let's see, we see Meredith doing Reiki with Seth. We see Heather celebrating the daughter and I feel like these were all bigger storylines in a different world, but they just had too much content. So they were like, okay, we're just going to lose all the Heather stuff with the daughter who's going to UCSB. Good for her. The daughter's gorgeous, isn't she? Ashley, the daughter's stunning. Stunning. And she's going to US- UCSB, so I'm proud of her. Good job. You know I love my Heather Gay. Uh, I love the gay family. And uh, they're celebrating Ashley. And I felt like that would have been ordinarily a bigger scene or something, but there's just too much going on. We see Jen Chow with the lawyer, too, Clayton. That was a little scene. It was like a 30-second scene talking about Stu taking the plea deal and testifying against her. And uh, that is something that I felt like would have been uh, ordinarily a huge thing. Too much content. We see Lisa wrapping asparagus and bacon. This was so funny to me, you guys. So fucking funny. Lisa with the asparagus and the bacon. Because again, I say that what she was most offended by at the Zion trip, Zion, I think I'm saying it wrong, Zion, uh, what she was most offended by was the fact that Mary insulted her Taco Bell love while she's trying to live moss. And so now she took that to heart. She got a grill. She's like, I love my grill. Mommy's like a gourmet chef. I lo- Mommy's like a gourmet chef. I love my grill. And she's trying to cook for the first time on camera. And she's doing so much chef work. She keeps shouting, I love my grill. I love my grill. And you know it's the only time she used it. And she probably begged the producers to come on over and film her at the grill. Because she's like, I will not have the audience think that I'm a bad mother for feeding my kids Taco Bell. And so she forced them to film that scene with the asparagus and the bacon. And I love some asparagus wrapped in bacon. But I do not believe that Lisa ever cooked again. This was one time on camera. And the kid, Henry the kid, or one of the kids was like, how was Zion? And she said, it was wonderful, so fun. I want to learn to make eggs. And it was like she shifted so quick. (laughs) And she said it was wonderful and so fun. Meanwhile, they're going to turn on the TV uh, as the season's airing and see their mom in just a sports brassiere running around yelling about her best friend of 10 years being a garbage whore, garbage shit whore. I mean, come on. She should have at least been a little honest in that moment. Henry's going to find out. Henry's going to go to school and the kids are going to say, hey, I saw your mom on TV yelling about her best friend being a garbage whore in a sports procedure. And so that's something that the kids are going to be talking about. Now, I'm not sure how many kids out there, the youths are watching Housewives, but I believe at Henry's age, they're going to find out. This Salt Lake City, I feel like, is getting international press right now. I see it on all the TV shows. They were on The View. Or no, actually, it was Jersey on The View this week, wasn't it? They did a segment on Jersey Housewives on The View. So you know when The View's picking up stuff stories about this, then you know that's international. People are all talking. All the girlies are talking about the Real Houses of Salt Lake City. So Henry's going to find out. Henry's going to find out. Some kid's going to, some gay closeted kid is going to run up to Henry and say, I saw your mom in a sports procedure. Uh, and she was yelling about her best friend of 10 years being a garbage a shit whore. And so it's just a fact. Henry's going to be like, what? I didn't even realize that. My mom said Zion was fun and then said she wanted to learn how to make eggs. 
So, look, Henry, I'm sure somewhere out there, some gay kid, some closeted gay. Orange County started, I think, when I was in high school. I think I was like either in high school or just getting out of high school. So I remember watching at a young age. And so I'm certain Henry's, there's one gay kid in his class that's watching it. I'm certain of it. It might not be everyone, but Henry's got a gay classmate. And the gay classmate might not even know he's gay. Although nowadays, the kids, I feel like it's just a different world now. The kids are all gay and happy about being gay. Not me. When I was in uh, middle school and grade school, you couldn't just be out loud and proud. It was like everyone was running around calling you big gay. Not in a good way. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm proud of the young. I'm proud of the youths. Any of the youths out there who are comfortable being themselves, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I love you. Good luck. Good luck and God bless and welcome to the gays. Welcome to the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, what are we even talking about here? I, yeah, I want to learn to make eggs. Then we get to Mary's church. <gasps> I have the no. F- chill. No. Oh my God. She just kept, sh- she was shouting, is God all right? Woo woo. You're still here. God is all right. And Jen shows up because apparently she sent a Mother's Day text that Mary responded to. And Mary said, oh, I moved, the spirit moved me to invite you to my church. That was a text she sent to Jen Shah. So Jen shows up to church and you could tell Jen's eyes. She didn't know. She was like, what the fuck is going on? She was looking around. They were all worshiping Mary. They called her a perfect dresser at some point. And Mary said, crazy for Christ, you know, and they're just, it was a lot to take in. And I don't want to judge anyone's religion. You know, I certainly support anyone's religion out there as long as you're not hurting anybody. Uh, but you could tell Jen didn't know how to respond to any of this. She's like, I, she didn't want to participate because she was even feeling in that moment, like I'm already in enough shit. I cannot be seen in a scene in Mary's church where I'm looking nuts. Do you get what I mean? Like, Jen has enough to worry about with the legal bills, and now Stu Chains might be testifying against her the whole nine. So Jen can't participate in this church stuff because she's going to look worse on camera, she thinks. So she just was sitting there, like, looking around, like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? She's probably pissed that she even had to go do this scene. She, you could t- see it in her eyes, go back and watch. She was so uncomfortable because she had no idea, do I participate? But then she looks like a buzzkill if she doesn't participate. So she's just a big WTF, WTF. But it was, a, this, the, it was a lot. It was a lot. When they said that, Mary, you're a perfect dresser. I was like, I was raised in Catholic grade school. I was never yelling at Father Wendelkin when I was at St. Rita's in uh, Solon, Ohio, yelling, uh, Father Wendelkin, you're a perfect dresser. Like, I would never say that. I mean, as a, I, who am I to judge religion? But I'm doing it here on this podcast, so get with it. <laughs> Sit tight, little bear. I'm about to judge it for five more minutes because I don't know what the fuck was going on in that church. I'm sorry when it was the perfect dresser thing. And it does feel a little bit like they just worship her in a way that maybe is not the healthiest. And you can see it obviously come out when she's with the other women because she wants the other women to treat her like maybe the congregation does. And the women kind of tiptoed around that for a while and now they've all let loose and now they're just yelling things about people being a garbage whore on camera. So now that all artifice is out the window. And so I don't think Mary would have survived a season three because those women don't give a shit anymore. They would have said some things. But Mary's getting all this worship. And so I'd imagine that would also, on Mary's side, I get it too, because I think it would fuck with your ego if everyone's shouting about you being a perfect dresser. Uh, and some of the outfits, by the way, I wouldn't call them perfect. I'm not a fashionista, but some of those looks that I've seen from Mary Gosby, I'm not sure that I would say it's perfect. I might have some other adjectives, but certainly not perfect. I'm not saying she's the worst dresser on this program. I'm certainly not saying it, but maybe I'm implying it. 
No, she's not bad. Actually, I, I want to call her the worst by any means. I like a lot of Mary's stuff. But there's a, a look or two that maybe is not perfect, I should say. But she's got a lot of designer labels. And sometimes Mary shows up in a scene. I'm like, ooh, I love that outfit. So I'll give her that. Uh, okay, so what else is going on? Uh, Whitney going to Meredith's. This was so weird because we thought Whitney and Meredith are hating each other. But now her and Heather are going... Sometimes I think Whitney's a conspiracy theorist. Does anyone else feel that way? I Sometimes I'm getting that vibe from Whitney. And I've always loved Whitney. But I, I'm noticing this season, I'm starting to question, like, I feel like sometimes Whitney's in a scene and she's like, she said this because of this and that's what's happening. And it's almost like she's saying, oh, I believe in aliens sometimes. Like, that's the, <laughs> that's the vibe I get from her. Like, she's in Mars Attacks with Sarah Jessica Barker just shouting about aliens or something. I don't know. That's the vibe. And I'm not saying she said anything about aliens, but I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised if Whitney was on camera next season saying, oh, I believe that Meredith's an alien. You know, like, and by the way, I don't even know that I wouldn't believe that Meredith's not an alien because everything that's happened on the show, what's next? How do we top it? The only way we're going to top in season three is if Meredith actually is an alien from outer space. And then uh, there's a storyline going on there because I don't know how else we top this. It's perfect as it is, but I'm saying they're going to try to step it up next season, and it's going to be almost impossible for these women to step it up because the season's so good. So I will not be surprised if Whitney, the conspiracy theorist on this program, suddenly uh, decides that someone's an alien. Meanwhile, though, Meredith's having them over for that big promo thing, the M-Sculpt promo, and Meredith, she did say she wanted to electrocute Whitney and Heather. She did say that. I heard it. I heard it. She told the people who were running the M-Sculpt, she said, when you hook them up to the electrodes, what do they call it, electrodes? When you hook them up, just jack up the number. And then I saw, when she was sitting talking to Whitney, when Whitney was hooked up to the electrodes, she, Whitney said, oh, you need to turn it down. And I swear, I swear, I, my eyes might have been deceiving me, but I swear I saw Meredith turn it up. I, heard, I saw her hit the up arrow. And I think that Meredith was actually trying to kill Weather. I'm sorry to have to say that. I do believe that Meredith was maybe trying to kill them both, or at least certainly electrocute them quite a bit. You know, when you see a movie like a Home Alone 3 or something, when uh, somebody gets, or in Home Alone, remember um, Daniel Stern, when he gets electrocuted and they just show his hair in like a skeleton body? I, I love it when they do that. In a movie, I, nothing funnier to me than when somebody, a, a character in a live action movie gets electrocuted and you, you see their, you see their a skeleton body skull for a minute with the hair and then it cuts back and they're in their real life body again. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think it's so fucking funny. So funny. The other thing that I really love in comedies, I might have mentioned this before, but I love it when somebody's like falling off a roof in the background and in the, you see it in the window and you just see like a very obvious dummy body falling through the window. And then the person gets up and it's a real human. But when you see them falling through the air, it's a dummy. I love that. Nothing makes me laugh harder. I like guffaw when I see one of those two things in a, in a live action comedy. And it only happens in a movie like a home alone or a sitcom or something. You know, sometimes I remember in married with children. I don't know if you remember that show, but Ed O'Neill or, or Santa or somebody was on the rooftop and then fell. And in the window, you just see a dummy version of Ed O'Neill, like a fake puppet falling. And then Ed O'Neill gets up. Ugh. You guys, I laugh. I laugh like nobody's business. Anyway, the point is, I don't know how we got there, but Meredith wants to electrocute weather is what I'm trying to say. And this M-Sculpt promo, Heather said, I don't believe in any of this, but I'm going to buy one. And I felt the same way anytime. I could get bamboozled by any of these treatments. 
Any treatment. You hook me up to some electrode, tell me it's losing weight. I'm in. But I felt like this was a little too aggressive with the promo. I'm not sure what they paid, and I know everyone's got to keep the lights on at Bravo. We got to pay the bills. And so I understand that they got to take deals like this, and they got to do this in-episode integration where they do these events so they get more money because M's Cult probably paid a lot for that placement. And I get it. I get it. Vanderpump Rules big flop this year. They need to keep the lights on at Bravo. They need to do what they can to get the money coming in. And so this is a necessary evil of that, but it was very aggressive, and I didn't love it. I didn't love that. I didn't love it. I didn't love it. I did not love it. I mean, maybe it would have been more fun if one of them did get electrocuted. I'm not saying I want anyone hurt, but I'm just saying I would have loved. Maybe they could have added in that kind of graphic of the skull or something. It would have been fun. Maybe I wouldn't have been so mad at the scene for all the aggressive promotion that they were doing. It was just a lot of M-Sculpt work. It was just too much. And again, I know they got to do it. And I, I hate to criticize it because a necessary evil. But it was just aggressive. It was aggressive. Icons, I'm sure I've mentioned this many a time on the show, but I use DoorDash all the time, and I'm sure so many of you are right there with me. When you need a meal, you hop on DoorDash. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about DoorDash's Dash Pass. It's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door, helping you save lots of money, lots of time with every one of your DoorDash orders. So it's really a big saver with $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on your eligible orders. Dash Pass makes it super easy to save on restaurants or retail items, groceries, all your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. Because I don't just get my meals. I also get a lot of groceries. You can get, again, retail items, local stuff. Dash Pass, too, pays for itself in just two orders on average, making delivery even more worth it. Plus, Dash Pass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only menu items, all for just $9.99 a month. So get more from your delivery for less. Sign up for Dash Pass today only on DoorDash. Use code ICONIC24. That's ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, use code ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Icons, did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. The Meredith said the memorial was on a Monday and Lisa made up the thing about the Tuesday to now... They're con- now they're saying that Lisa made that up to try to start something about Meredith or stir the pot or something. And I don't even think it was purposeful that Lisa said the thing about the memorial on Tuesday. I think Lisa now was mistaked or having mistook, mistaked. What did I just say? I can't talk sometimes. You know, I'm talking so fast on this show. Got all these notes. You know, sometimes my words don't come out right. Anyway, what the women land on is that they think Meredith faked a memorial because she turned Jen into the FBI. Now, this is a crazy thesis statement for the show, and that's really the thesis statement of this season of uh, of Real House of Salt Lake City, which let's just all take a step back and think about that. They think Meredith faked her father's memorial because she turned Jen, her cast member, into the FBI. This is disgusting. We are repugnant human beings for discussing. Uh, We are repugnant human beings for discussing any of these shows, but here we are, out loud and proud, yelling about Meredith potentially faking her father's memorial because she turned Jen into the FBI. It's crazy. That's a crazy thesis statement for a season of television. And I can't thank them enough for giving it to us because it's just flawless TV. Flawless. And then we end the episode. Next week is the finale. Ugh, I'm so fucking pissed. I'm so pissed it's the finale. Couldn't they have stretched it out a couple more episodes? I'm pissed. I, bravo, how dare you? We better get one of those episodes that's like the shit you should have shown. I better get one of those. I know most of you don't like them, but I love those episodes. And I will riot. I want 10 of those episodes. Give me a whole season. There's got to be more footage of that church. There's got to be more footage of, I don't know, Heather's daughter's USC or whatever that is. There's got to be more footage. So give it to us because I need it. I need it. At this point, hook up an IV to my arm and just feed it. Real Houses of Salt Lake City, I never want it to end. Uh, next week, though, uh, Whitney gets fucked by her husband, finally. Okay, so that's something. That was a storyline many of you might not remember, but it happened at the beginning of the season. Whitney was not having sex with the husband. And now they are teasing in the preview for next week that Whitney finally gets fucked. And so I'm, pr- I'm happy for her, excuse my language, but it's a storyline that's happening on this show, so we got to discuss it. But what a weird thing to see about your life as like a teaser trailer for a next week's episode. So imagine you're Whitney. Imagine or any of us, you're in a, your relationship and you're tuning to the show that you're on. And then it says like coming up next week on the season finale. And then it's like you and your partner finally deciding to have sex with each other. And like that's, <laughs> that's how they're wrapping up your season storyline. Like that's crazy. That's crazy. Whitney finally getting fucked is the storyline ender for next uh, week's finale for her. Oh my God. Jen then moves. Heather has a funeral thing. Then there's a cast party for Vita Tequila where we get Mary versus Jenny. And some accusations of some man and, and Meredith's running off. She said, I, I'll talk about who all of you don't want me to talk about. Who had sex with all of you or whatever. So a lot of sex accusations happening next week. And I can't wait, but I'm devastated. I, I almost don't want it to come. I wish we could space them out or something. It's that weird of me that like I want almost a week break so I could just regroup and, and stretch it out. Do you ever do that with a show you really like? Like you're binging a show and you notice you only have maybe four episodes left or something and you're like, oh, I got to space them out. Got to space them out over the next month. 
and, and then you never do. I mean, I certainly never do. If there's a show I'm binging, I sometimes want to space it out, but I can't. You know, it's like a, you're an addict. And I kind of wish they would space these out. Anyway, that's The Real Houses of Salt Lake City giving us everything. Giving us it all. Uh, I love you all so much for listening. I We need to do our little cool down. But before I do, I want to remind you all, go get those tickets to the live event. There's only a handful left. Again, we're manifesting a sellout for all these cities. But I do know there's only, you know, there's only a handful of uh, tickets left. So please go to the link in the episode description or go to my Instagram account. There's a link in the bio or go to everythingiconic.com and click the live shows link there and then go pre-order a book or call up your library or to reserve it or go to your local bookstore. Find out in your area where the local bookstore is and you could pre-order it that way. Oh, I love you all so much for listening. I feel like I got a lot out of my chest, or off my chest, rather. I just feel like lighter, I feel happier, and I'm just so excited moving forward that we just got so much stuff happening in the world of Bravo. We still got Miami running strong. We still got uh, Jersey back. We got Orange County sort of limping along. We got Summer House, and we're just in a blessed era of Bravo programming. And so I just, uh, I thank us. I thank us, which I'm not sure why we should thank each other, but I think we need to. I think we need to. Let's take a deep breath in and hold it. Do our cheesy little cool down. Keep holding that baby. Hold that, hold that sucker in <laughs> and breathe it out. Let's do one more deep breath in. And try to hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Hold on for one more day, like Wilson Phillips says. And breathe out. Hold on for one more day. Okay. I'm going to go relax. I had too much caffeine. I love you all. Bye-bye. <laughs>